I struggle with that because I feel like I pre- not I'm presenting masculine, but my masculine energy shows up a lot in the work that I do because a lot of my guides are men. They're male. And so I actually don't like that. So I do my best to try and connect with my feminine energy as much as possible. And it's a challenge. And I just realized that like through therapy and through talking to mentors, like, oh, it's because my guides are male. The people in my head are male. Yeah. Two Mm -hmm. top guides. Yeah, they're male. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been struggling with for years. And I didn't understand. I'm like, oh, this is why. And so me connecting to the femininity part of myself is super important to the feminine energy and always trying to figure out how to do that more because the work that I do is masculine because what comes through me is a masculine energy. These are practical conversations about real life experiences with human design woven throughout, just like a tapestry of our human experience, but threaded in a new language. Featuring projector AC Brown, generator Rachel Lieberman, manifesting generator Jasmine Kenna, and me, your manifester, Vanessa Henry. How do we exist in a reality that forces us into endless binaries, rules, and systems when those constructs feel limiting and oppressive? How do those forces condition our personal expression and identity? What can we do to bypass the expectations and pressures placed on each of us in areas like gender, parenthood, success, and more? In this conversation, we discuss the labels assigned to our bodies. We explore the separateness that exists between body and consciousness, our creaturely tendencies as humans, and how to make sense of the voice in our head. We also consider how identity relates to the G-Center in human design. You, me, we're in this together. Let's listen to each other. You're listening to each other, a human design-centered podcast featuring an ensemble of energy types. So there's something I want to chat about, kind of serious, pretty serious, but also like whatever. I have started talking about this. Jasmine, I definitely want you to hear me through this. I have been going through something lately. Just honestly, you guys, uh, you guys, honestly, my friends, just evaluating the fact that like when I take my kids shopping, we would like go into the boy section. Um, And so we started just like taking him through the store, you know, and he started picking out things from the quote unquote girl section. And I was like, yeah, why am I? Why am I forcing him to kind of go over here? And just that we're going through this with him has really started to like open me up and make me reflect on things. And I've decided to change how I identify and I'm identifying as non-binary. And I started to talk about this with Derek and cause it's kind of a weird thing to bring up to your partner, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I want to make sure you're being honest here and you're not um, like hurting, you know, another white chick doing, you know, you're not hurting the queer community kind of thing. And I had said to him, okay, that's valid. If something were to like, this, this is how I feel. I I identify and I'll explain why, but if that were to change in the future, as in like, I learned that me identifying that way was like causing harm to somebody else. I would, I would adjust like, I, you know, I'm, I'm not hanging on to anything very rigidly. Um, 
but I don't feel that I should have to keep like performing as a female. And so when we were talking about it, I said to him, like, as a little kid, I was always misidentified, misgendered. People are always thinking I was a little boy. If you look at pictures of me, it just looks like a little boy. But my parents were always like, she's a girl. She's a girl. They're always correcting everybody around me. And so that's how, what I learned I was. And, you know, and I would be the little kid just in shorts with no shirt on running around the yard. And, you know, but I would sure we're putting on a dress, but I used to really fight my mom about putting dresses on. As I grew up, I looked very female. I had a chest. I had, you know, I was very female presenting, but I really feel that anyone who would have met me even to this day, can like recognize a masculine energy I have. Even in our human design community, I have like dad energy. And when I moved and separated from my place of origin where I'd always lived my whole life, it's like I was able to finally detach from everything that happened there. And as soon as I allowed myself to consider, well, what would it feel like if I removed this like gender identity on this binary of female? Suddenly, like I've never connected with being a mother ever. And I've carried so much guilt and shame about that because I'm supposed to, and you should give everything up for your child and you gave birth to them. And as soon as I don't have to be a mother and I can be a parent, I just feel so much lighter. As soon as I can be a partner and not a wife, I feel so much lighter. And we don't really have these traditional stereotypical roles in my home. You know, Derek stays home and takes care of our child. I hole up in my office and make money, you know, there's, and I mean, there's many different setups, but There was also like these questions of, well, you're so female presenting. And I'm really just saying, I don't subscribe to the binary of gender. And I'm looking at my child and I I really think kids of the future, I think that whole spectrum is going to fall away. And I'm only responding to how it made me feel when I consider removing all those heavy identities that I don't actually feel are me. I think they were put into me. This doesn't mean I want to, I don't like my body or want to change how I physically look. It doesn't mean my sexual preferences change. It's just that sometimes I feel really, really masculine. Sometimes I feel more feminine, but it's not really like this cut or dry thing. And so my pronouns online are already she, they, I don't really care how somebody would, I don't really, it doesn't, if somebody's calling me she, it doesn't matter. I try to use gender neutral pronouns just because that's what we do in my home. And my child corrects me if I don't, you know, cause it's like, I'll make a dog female. And my son's like, that dog's a they mom. We don't know if they're, we don't know. And it's yeah. just very affirming. So now that it's like, it's all in, kind of around me in my environment and I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm feeling this sort of layer of shoulds kind of go away. And I'm just feeling more myself. And it's weird because I started to feel very scared. Like I was falling because what does that mean if I don't have this? But then what I was also feeling was this like freedom to just be who I am. And I kind of feel that there, I I don't particularly in, in response to kind of what Derek said, I don't really feel like it would be a bad thing to see more people who look like me say, saying that I'm not a woman or I'm not a, I'm not female. I'm non-binary. I don't subscribe to that. Right. I know it's kind of like, what do I, what do I say to this? You know, but I think it's beautiful. I mean, my feeling is that, um, I, I understand and um, can, on a lot of levels, like I feel very similarly, you know, I, I present very feminine, you know, very female, but lots of times I, I mean, I have very assertive masculine energy and I notice you call your kids bro all the time. Like, yeah, 
homies. Those are my homies all the time. I mean, that's how we talk here. We have a very bro town in this house. And I like that. Like, I like to be kind of chest bumpy and kind of like, what's up? And so do I. Yeah, it makes me feel good. And I like that in my sexuality as well. I'm not Same. demure. I'm not coy. I'm not like a lot of these things that I don't know if are actually feminine, but they are traditionally societally feminine. And I, I'm not that way. Like, I'm like, hey, what's up? You're hot. I'm hot. Let's be hot together. Want to make out. Totally. You know, like that's how I feel. <laughs> so let's like be hot together. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to play around with all this other stuff that's like, like I'm supposed to subscribe to. Um, but yet I do really enjoy my feminine body a lot, you know, like that's like, it's a turn on for me to be that way. So I don't know. I don't think like I, I've, I'm just keeping my pronouns the way that they are in my identity that way, but I do get hear it, it. And I feel that way. I hear I, it. Yeah. I, I still like to get done up, but so does Derek. Like, and you know what? To be totally honest with you, Derek and I have the same closet. We both we share sweatsuits. Like we, you know, we buy. It doesn't matter what what part of the store we're buying from. You know, and I mean, he and I. He wears this this, right. this cardi coat that I'm wearing. Like, and it looks totally different on him. Um, and especially with like our child being like, I want to dress today, and we're like, Oh, okay. Like you know, like being supportive. Like, yeah, you can absolutely do that. Why haven't we actually? Why haven't we yeah. presented that to you? You know, and just starting to notice these nuances of the times that we are putting gender on him. Yeah. You know, it's really starting to, to show up a lot. Um, but in uh, to circle back in regards to my body, like, I don't want to particularly dress masculine, but I actually don't think I always dress very feminine. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I already have this kind of sort of like an androgynous, that's not really the right word anymore. You know, I, I feel like we're needing a new express like a new third gender like right but even to say a third gender makes it like makes it like you have to be a gender even the idea of gender like yeah exactly exactly you're yes you nailed it so but I I don't want to take my boobs away like but I think the word is dandy like I like that word I'm a what's what what is that a dandy like a dandy is like a woman who can present like, um, like a Marlena Dietrich or somebody who's like, a f- like feminine and sexy, but like also can feel like masculine and not necessarily androgynous because it can be like a little, like you can be like put together, you know, like you're like Catherine Hepburn, um, or somebody like that. And then in men, it's the same thing. Like men who are dandies are like, they are like Harry Styles you know, or some a dandy historically is a man who places particular importance upon physical appearance, refined language and leisurely hobbies, etc. Well, just to how they look is what I'm talking about. And they are more Harry Styles is a good example, by the way. Like, yeah, he's great. I want to go on a date with him. Yeah, yeah I do. I heard he was date. <laughs> yeah, but he's like in a dress. He's in earrings. And it's just like, but that's the other thing. Like we were talking about this AJ McLean from Backstreet Boys has like a nail polish line, like named after his daughters or something. And he's always in like cool nail polish. I'm like, but he's like a rocker. Like, it's like this weird, like you can get away with it. But then I was watching. David Beckham used to wear nail polish all the time. But even that tattooed, like it's this like Mm -hmm. persona that like you can weirdly get away with it. And no one kind of bats an eye, but this whole thing, I I mean, I think that's all changing. I mean, A-Rod has a makeup line now. Yeah. I'm like, that's kind of funny. Because does he wear makeup? AC rolled her eyes at that. He's just an opportunist. He just wants money. 
I just mean, do you wear makeup? If you wear makeup, like I'm down. But like, if you don't wear makeup, why are you making makeup for my face? I've got to send you this thing was this young black man. And he started contouring like his hairline, you know, it's like a really refined hairline. And then something on his facial hair and then his brows. He just, he put a whole bunch of makeup on and transformed what he looked like. And he looked incredible. And it wasn't like he's putting on glitter or eyeshadow. He's like working with his features. And I was like, that's cool. And then my kid is watching all these like young men who are basically doing full face makeup, more female presenting. And he's like, that's cool. We can do that. Do it. And I'm like, you can do whatever you want. Like there's no, there's no rules, you know, but then, you know, I have friends who are like, okay, that's fine at home, but not if you go out in public because then the public won't accept you. And I'm like, well, hold on. Like, yeah, hold on, <laughs> you know? And I get that we want to protect our kids, but also we're telling them like, it's more important to fit in than to be yourself. Yeah. And and also we're telling them that it's not safe to be yourself. Mm-hmm. Totally. And that's like a lot. I mean, it it's, we need to change that narrative and make it safe to be yourself. And also to make that self, um, able to evolve and change. So even though I think like, this is a good conversation. Like if you're saying like, Oh, well right now I'm identifying as non-binary, like you don't need to worry or you shouldn't have to feel worried about like, I'm going to have to like stick to this totally identity forever. Like maybe, you know, you're going to be like, Oh now I'm back to she her, whatever. Or now I'm feeling more this way. And that's how life should feel like fluid. Like for, I'm like saying for, me, for other yeah, people, for other people, for, other, but, for people who are out there, like I think sometimes people choose not to identify or change yeah. parts of themselves because they're like, I don't, I don't want to. What if I change my mind again? Well, or what the if community I'm say, yeah, it's all about yeah. other people's opinions about them. Mm-hmm. AC and Rachel like, who gives a shit. AC and Rachel, what are you thinking about this? I mean, I'm congratulating you on coming to that realization and like saying that out loud because that's listen. I, that's rough to like just go through those things and to feel a certain way and then to like claim it. It is a very interesting kind of, you know, just journey that you have to like be ready for. And since you're ready for, I'm just really happy for you. I mean, for me, I struggle with that because I feel like I not I'm presenting masculine, but my masculine energy shows up a lot in the work that I do because a lot of my guides are men, they're male. And so I actually don't like that. So I do my best to try and connect with my feminine energy as much as possible. And it's a challenge. And I just realized that like through therapy and through talking to mentors, like, oh, it's because my guides are male. The people in my head are male. Yeah. Two mm-hmm. top guides. Yeah, they're male. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been struggling with for years. And I didn't understand. I'm like, oh, this is why. And so me connecting to the femininity part of myself is super important to the feminine energy and always trying to figure out how to do that more because the work that I do is masculine because what comes through me is a masculine energy. That's cool. That's really cool to think about, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go think about that for days. <laughs> Just even thinking about the entity I entities I work with too, right? Yeah. Right. And only one of my guides is a female, but she also has a masculine energy. So it's yeah. a lot of that. And I'm just, and I always was wondering like, why do I feel like this? And I used to, you know, after I channel, I feel very heavy. 
Um, totally. And I feel very masculine. So I literally like I had to buy a hula hoop to like move my hips after I channel so I can feel like a movement in my body that feels more feminine. My feminine energy is what feels heavy to me. Like I shared with you, I don't like, I don't have a purse. Like I carry a wallet. Well, that's kind of masculine. You see a guy put a, a wallet in his back pocket. Well, well, why is that the the rule? And now I'm seeing men really drawn to wanting bags. Yeah. Get a bag. Like, you know what I mean? There's a, there's a chart calculation on genetic matrix, yin yang. What percent of yin you have, what percent of yang you have based on your gates. Has anybody looked at this? Yes. I, I, I would just like to declare, I don't actually fucking know what this means. Okay. But I just find it entertaining. And when I look at Jasmine, Jasmine's 53.85% yang, 46% yin. AC Brown, 57% yang, 42% yin. Me and Rachel are 50-50 split. Interesting. What's the yang part? That's your masculine energy. Oh, yeah. Well, that would, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that. You don't like that? Yeah. I, we actually don't know what it means. Let's look at some of our friends. I'll look up, I'll look up the other Jasmine, okay? I think she could be 50-50. Jasmine Moon Mother is 61% yang. Yeah, I was going to say she feels- She feels so she masculine. masculine yeah. And yet she, her name yeah. is Mother, you know? So it's like a- yeah. yeah. Let me look up somebody else. Let me look up Alex mm-hmm. Cantone. I sh- you should see the names, I ha- the charts of people that I have. It's just- Hundreds of charts now. Alex is probably more yin. Yeah. What do we all think? What do we all think? I'm going to say more yin. Me too. I feel that. I'm going to have to reach out to these people, I guess, and inform. Just so that you know, we're pulling your charts up on we're our show. We're pulling your charts. Alex Cantone is 69% yang. What? I would have really? never thought that. Interesting. That's so odd. Yeah, interesting. that's interesting. That's, that's fun. Odd. Okay, but wouldn't, wouldn't you say I was more yang? Yeah, Maybe. But I'm 50-50. Alex and I actually had a discussion about this yesterday. Thank you for joining the chat, Rachel. Please tell us what you think. (laughs) Well, what she and I talked about was actually that as like as star seeds, and I think she's really feeling deeply into kind of her star seedness. And that's definitely a huge part. That's like the only thing I actually identify as in this life. Starseed. Uh, yeah. Oh, like that. I yeah. don't feel any other thing is just so temporary that I don't really care about it. Um, but yeah, we were just talking about how there's a big part of us that, that I actually don't feel that I took on a lot of that societal conditioning. So when I see people breaking out of that, I'm just like, Oh yeah, that makes total sense. Like I don't know. What about the pressure to like have kids? Cause you've said, mm-hmm. I don't really feel that I need to do that. That is, a, um, I would say a pressure to men and women, but specifically women. Yeah. Like I can, okay. I can feel that I can see that pressure, but it just doesn't actually sway me. Like you also have a defined G and so does Jasmine. Mm-hmm. I, I do wonder how the undefined identity center I would be very interested to to survey female identifying, male identifying, non-binary, anything, anything else really. And I would be very curious to see what's going on in the G Center. You know? Yeah. Jasmine, what did you what did you want to you had something to say? I don't think like people talk about this pressure to have kids. And you know, I have three kids, but I have I never had any pressure in my life to have children. And how old were you when you had your first child? 30. 
I'm, I was older. You know, I wasn't a young person. That's, that's, that's not older. That's, that's older to start having kids. I mean, I'm older than all of you. So from, I mean, that was what, 15 years ago. So all my friends had kids already, you know, my, my by the time a woman gets to be 40, right. Society's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's true. Clock is ticking. But I Clock do is ticking. think my thought is this, is that I came from a family of like, um, like teen moms and people who like all got knocked up when they were super young, unmarried, low, like lower socioeconomic. And like, that's not, that's not a pressure in that environment. People are not like, when are you going to have kids? They're kind of like, totally don't get pregnant. Don't get pregnant. Totally. Like that's yeah. like, you're, that's yeah. the move. Like there's nobody, like I've never had anybody in my life be like, so when are you going to have a baby? Like nobody ever said that to me. I felt pressured. I definitely felt pressured. There was a, yeah. there was a, like um, a narrative in my family that people who didn't have kids were odd. Like they were not mm. fully, um, oh. they were not like, Adult? they weren't, yeah, they weren't fully grown up that they also weren't like functional mm-hmm. people. But yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> AC, what about AC? What are you thinking about this? What do you have? Do you experience any type of pressure personally or for, or externally? You're 40. You don't have kids. Um, what does it feel like for somebody like you? It doesn't feel weird anymore. I was feeling a certain type of way when I like literally turned 40, but I'm, I'm a true believer, like, especially when it comes to kids, if God wants me to have a baby, guess what? I'm going to get pregnant. And I'm going to birth a kid like it's, you know, like I just really mm-hmm. I'm not like on a time clock because I also figure out, like, do you want to have a baby or do you want to be a mother? Those are two different things. I want to be a mother. I want to be a mother. So, you know, getting that way could mean surrogacy. Um, you know, it could mean IVF. It can mean a whole, you know, it could, who knows? But when the time is right, it'll happen. I'll be a mother. Um, or when it's supposed to happen, I'll be a mom. So I, I, I have more career pressure than anything. And I want to be certain places financially and things like that. I feel more pressure there. I feel like I'm a late bloomer in certain milestones financially in my life, if anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you just framed something for me personally, I've never felt a connection to mother. I also wasn't expecting to have kids, but if you then asked me, had anybody asked me, do you want to be a parent? I honestly think I would have said yes. Right. And I don't know what's different. Honestly, I don't know what's different, but just the role of mother and what that means and the ways in which I've struggled with that by trying to fit that role. Right. I'm, I'm really starting to see that wasn't it for me. Right. I'm working hard though. So I can have a nanny. Like, I don't, I didn't say I want to raise the kid. Like I'm, you know, I want help. Like I'm being honest, like I'm working hard so I can afford a nanny. Like that's my goal in life. Like, Oh, I get to hire a nanny to help me raise the kid. Would you ever, would you ever have a child without a partner? Probably not that I, that I'm a hard, that's a hard no for me not easy coming from divorced parents it's a hard no for me i need a partner who's going to be in the household it's a hard no because there are there are some people who are you know they're like i just i want to have a child and i i don't have a partner and it's more important to me to have a child and, and people do proceed with that i mean you see it all the time yeah um i always try to understand that because parenting is one of the most difficult things i've ever done and so to 
and watching my mom, single parent, you know, I, mm-hmm. and, and for, in this case, for us, it wasn't about, like, I didn't go to my dad's house. You know what I mean? It was, this is the house and this is the one parent. Um, and that for sure affected me like of how, oh, this looks really hard. And now I have a partner and I have one child and it is like, I cried this morning. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I think that I'm a much better single parent. I'm a much happier parent than I was as a married parent. I had, I think like I had to get rid of all of my illusions and all of the societal like motherhood tropes and all of that BS to be like, oh, I'm just going to do this my own way and like get rid of like any shame or guilt I had around like totally not being good enough, not being married still and all these things. And now I'm like, oh, I'm pretty happy this way. Pretty happy like singleton. Mm-hmm. Circling back to Rachel mm-hmm. talking about Starseed. That's yeah. very expansive for me, you saying that. I also feel a slight jealousy, if I'm being honest, because I don't, I, I don't connect to that. Wish I could. I like that you're like, well, I don't really, I don't really register this binary, this invisible binary of gender. It's even hard to talk about if you're trying to say like, I don't subscribe to this binary. So when Rachel's like, I don't, I identify this way. I feel like a star seed. There is no real gender attached to that. And I'm then free to kind of move around and be however I want to be. Are there other options? Like what, what could be some other terms that like, I, you know, undefined G center, Milana, has anybody worked with Milana? She's a six, two MG. She's just incredible. I just listened to a podcast with her. She's lovely. And she, she's so wise. And she was like, I like to present to undefined G people. I like to present options because they really need to like pick through, you know, and, oh, hmm. and if you just, especially for a manifester, you present options to the manifester and let the manifester choose. So like, what would be some identity options like that are like in the star seed realm or Jasmine? I feel Jasmine, I feel like you're educated in this and maybe you could educate me. Like you're like talking about, I've just, you just, you have all these secrets, you and these talents. That I just mm. like, oh, well that's this. I do. I'm going to let Rachel go because I don't, I love my star seed like world there, but like, I don't necessarily, I don't know. I don't, I don't always identify that. I, I, I identify very human. Like I liked, I'm super human. I, I feel very human too. Mm -hmm. I'm very, yeah. And I, and I'm very, uh, maybe not even human, but like creaturely. Yes. Like I, I don't necessarily feel as though I am a man or woman, but I definitely feel like I'm like, oh, I'm here to be like the sensual Hmm. creature. That's like roaming around. Okay. That's interesting because I, my Mm -hmm. body typically I don't mean this to sound as harsh as it's going to sound. My body typically feels like a husk that weighs me down. I don't particularly feel connected to like the animal part of me, the body. I feel very mental, very, you know, I'm all head centers. Like I I feel very much like mental thinking consciousness energy rather than body. Even if I'm looking at the human design chart and I'm thinking about like the body side and the consciousness side, you know, people typically look at this and they, they, they focus on the fact that these things are separate Oh, these things were separated. Mm-hmm. This is not true. These were two totally separate things that were existing whole things that came together to create a new thing. And that is basically what we can now see in the design, but they're separate, but this, the, we focus and we make the story on the fact that they're separate instead of these two things have come together. You know, the focus is slightly skewed. I also don't think that anyone ever has to feel a certain way in their body. Like there is kind of this narrative of like, you have to feel connected to your, and that's just not, that's not real yeah. for everybody actually. Yeah. Alex had a really nice thing. Cause I said the star seed thing and she actually said, you know, the only thing I've actually ever identified with was being a soul. 
So I liked that. That's really, and, and I agree with that too. Like like star seed is kind of a way of describing a soul from another place, but ultimately it's like, I'm a soul. I feel like if anything, I had to kind of recognize like, Oh, I'm a female in this lifetime. I feel like a female Mm -hmm. when I, when I connect to the body Mm -hmm. part of myself. So I had to kind of learn to like embrace that. And so I think people go through, it's really a version of the same journey that everyone goes through kind of. But I think if you're a soul that doesn't have a lot of experience on earth, sometimes that like body is really foreign. So I feel that like people are like, oh, you live through some things, live through some things. You're wise. I'm like, hell no, I'm a baby soul. Like I, I just got here. I'm like, what is this body? I like, I have a gender. Yeah. Like what, what is, a period? What the hell is it? Like yeah. even a period though, I, I didn't get a regular period. Like I never really had these classic experiences, you know, like, so. No, me neither. <laughs> What about a wander? That's another term that people use, like a wander. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. It's like, because to me, Vanessa, it's like, you're not, I don't see you as a star seed, but you're not just a, you're like, you're some, you're cosmic. There's yeah. something like, there's something very cosmic mm-hmm. about you. I feel that. So yeah, I mean, we don't want to like hold on to these labels either. Like the only, for me, a label is only useful to the degree that it allows me to kind of connect to other people with similar experiences, but it doesn't like mean anything. So I agree with that. It's hard though, when you live in the construct of a reality that is presenting this binary and forcing you to exist on it. And when you're trying to reject it and live in a different way, in a way that feels truer, you sometimes look for an alternative. Yeah. And I find if there isn't these examples, I learn completely through example. If there aren't these examples that I can then move into, I feel honestly sort of disembodied because it's like, like I I don't particularly feel connection to my body. I've gone through body traumas and I always am feeling like I'm having to get to know this body. So for me, the, the, the mini monologue I went on about consciousness and body being these things that have come together, that brought me a lot of peace because it's like, oh, I very much identify with my consciousness as I would imagine most people would. And just last night I was, um, reading this thing, uh, I fell down a well of like an IQ thing and I had a, I had a, I had a good IQ. I feel okay with my IQ, but then I had scored really high in something called rote utilization. And I was like, I have no idea what this is. And then I scored super low on like computing and like information. And I noticed I get like, wait, 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 wait. And it like takes me, it takes me a bit to understand. So when I'm going in and I'm kind of like, well, what is rote? Like, Ooh, I scored high over here. Like I was like, where am I deficient and where am I? Where am I a rock star? Yeah. You know what I mean? And rote utilization is literally just like the basic, like learn the alphabet so that you can learn how to spell, like memorize the numbers, like be, mm-hmm. and I feel like yeah, I kind of approach my information this way. I fell on this IQ well. Okay. And so I'm learning, what is rote utilization? I'm trying to understand all these things. And um, it gives me this sort of prompt and it's like, say a song that you know out loud. So, and say the lyrics. So happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Now sing it in your head. So I sing it in my head. And then they're like, now imagine Pink, the singer, singing it in your head. So I imagine Pink. I encourage you guys to do this after, okay? And then I and then I hear um, Steven Tyler singing it in my head. And then I heard um, Stevie Wonder singing it in my head. And then it prompts me. It's like, <laughs> who's the one hearing that? And I'm like, oh boy. And so the, like this part of us like really identifies with our consciousness, but the, this, this IQ thing was sharing with me that was like, basically you're able to manipulate how it sounds. 
all of a sudden, like I, I was like, okay, let's do posh spice. And I saw her going like with her hands, like to happy birth. You know what I mean? Seeing this. And they're like, are you actually seeing this, the person? I'm like, I'm not. And so it was trying to describe the constructs of the mind and how you can then hear, you can change the voice in your head all the time. Maybe it's always Stevie Wonder. Maybe. And so then, and Stevie Wonder was like, I heard, I saw him doing these moves and the energy was different around the song, happy birthday. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so this, it was trying to describe how you can like just switch consciousness basically. And so that long rant really is trying to bring me to, I feel very connected to consciousness. I'm the one hearing my thoughts. I'm, you know, but this body, I'm still figuring this body out. Mm-hmm. I feel that most people would be very connected to their consciousness, but I do know people, especially generators with undefined heads who feel very like embodied in their body. I'm this animal. I have sex all the time. I sleep. I like, they get very, you know, and I'm just like thinking. I think I'm both. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel, which one are you? I'm definitely more in my head and consciousness. Yeah. Like I've really had, that's actually why I think I was so drawn to human design was because it gave my consciousness a way to get into my body. Like I, I noticed a few years ago that I was literally energetically hovering a couple inches out of my body 24 seven. Oh God. That's my, my daughter, Georgia. That's how she is. It's wild to witness. I told her I'm going to put rocks in her pocket. Wow. Yeah, that's it. That's what, yeah. I remember recommending people do that with crystals and I was in crystal work. That's cool. Yeah. I'm like, you need to like stay, cause she's, she's so airy too. And she's a projector, self-projector, projector. And she's like, she's a Gemini with the Libra rising. And she's just like, I'm not here. Like I'm somewhere else completely. And sometimes I catch her and I'll go, Hey, Georgia. And she's like, <laughs> like, it like startles her that she's in like on earth. I'm like, you're here. Hello. Wow. Mm -hmm. Hi. Yeah. Reality is unraveling. Identity is unraveling. The whole landscape around us is completely mutating. I have one thing to say when I do my hypnosis and my regressions or future life regressions or my guides come in and I have one that's a Pleiadian and her name is Zandra. And she always says the reason, because my hypnotherapist will ask, why do you come here so often? And she's like, because I want to feel the grass. Mm-hmm. Like I want, like she wants to, because she is all consciousness because she's, oh my god, yeah, because she's, she's I from, chose. you know, the stars, like, and it's telepathic and it's, you know, and it's lovely there and it's beautiful, but it's not here. It's not earth and she's not in a body and it's not physical. And she's like, I want to feel the grass. I want to like rub my toes in the water and like do all the things that humans get to do. Yeah. So total privilege to be in a body, right? Like it really is. Can you imagine not experience? Mm-hmm. Like even the way that like you think, oh, I'm thinking about how the wind sounds. It's like, no, you're yeah. hearing it through the instrument that is your body, you know? Yeah. I've received a message very similar to what you're saying, Jasmine, that the, cause I used to really be upset about being in this body. And the message I got was, it is so rare in your life as a consciousness to be in something that forces you to be in one place at one time, experiencing one thing that's so rare in the universe. And mm. that's what we have here. That's what gives me like goosebumps. Beautiful, beautiful. And I think so much like, I don't know, people are always trying to escape. Like we, uh, they're always asking me questions about the ascension, you know, and like leaving and like going to, and I'm like, this is it, man. This is like the big ticket event. Yeah. This is 
This is the paradise. Yeah. This is where we're all like, we think, oh, we're going to die and go to heaven. It's like, no, no, no. This is the paradise place here. As soon as you're in space and you right. go and you look at that void and it's all black, there's nothing out there. And you look at yeah. this glowing ball of blue yes. and green and white magic. Like that's the beautiful thing you're looking at. It is. You know? Yeah. All the other planets are great for sure, but that is the the paradise. Yeah. You get to make manifest here, like bring it to life, you know, like your dreams and your, all your stuff. We take thoughts from our consciousness and we make literal things. We make buildings for crying out loud. That starts in the mind. It starts in your imagination, you know? Human beings are incredible. We're pretty cool. You, me, we're in this together. Let's listen to each other. You're listening to each other, a human design centered podcast featuring an ensemble of energy types. <laughs>